Hey, welcome back to the program. My name is Alan Carter. Appreciate you being with me. Doug Ford speaking at this moment on the steps of Queens Park after naming his cabinet, unveiling his cabinet earlier this morning. Kind of surprised no leaks on this one. That's an airtight ship. Often you get a bit of a leak on uh, cabinet posts before they're actually announced, but there wasn't any this morning. The big headline is Sylvia Jones becomes Minister of Health and Deputy Premier, taking over for Christine Elliott, who didn't run for re-election. That's a big post. Uh, Sylvia Jones, widely criticized, as you may remember, during the previous, um, I think it was Wave 3, recall when the province of Ontario said, well, we're going to close down playgrounds and we're going to bring in all these extra police powers to stop you. And then the government rescinded it. A day later, there was much reporting that... uh, uh, Ms. Jones, who was uh, Minister Solicitor General at the time, was behind all of that. But that's in the past. She is the Minister of Health. Uh, who else is in place? Pretty much a lot of it is as per Stephen Lecce remains in education, Bethlen Falvey in finance, Mulroney, transportation minister. Some of those big portfolios remain the same as from before the election. Here's one that has a lot of people kind of scratching their heads and eyebrows going up a little bit on this. Ford's nephew, Michael Ford, has been named Minister of Citizenship and Multiculturalism. There was a lot of people that speculated that Doug Ford would not do this, that this was the one first time, you know, newbie in his caucus that he would not elevate because of, you know, the people would be all miffed about him putting a family member in there, but there's Michael Ford, who is now Minister of Citizenship and Multiculturalism. Those are the headlines from Queens Park. Should we talk real estate? Let's talk real estate. A new study says that more than half of people in this province believe they may never be able to afford a home in their current city or town. And the study also says, I thought this was interesting, 54% of parents in Ontario are not planning on helping their kids buy a home in the future. You're on your own, Junior. (laughs) Don't look to me. Generational wealth is becoming, in many cases, the only way that young people can afford a home. John Lustink is president of Right at Home Realty, which has sponsored this new study. Welcome to the program, John. Thank you very much. Pleasure to be with you. 54% of parents, more than half, say, forget it. You're on your own. Did that surprise you? Uh, I well, uh, speaking personally, I have four adult children, so I might be a bit biased. Um, I'm not sure how I could help all four <laughs> in this current market, but um, yeah, actually, it wasn't really a surprise. You know, we've seen over the last mm, five, seven years, uh, parents stepping up to the to the plate to help their children as they get into a market. You know, where average home. Prices are upwards of seven hundred thousand, depending on the neighborhood. So, you know, it, it, but I think they're they're getting to a point where they're tapped out, and you know, it's um, I think it's reached that point. Yeah, so, I guess you could flip that number on its head and, and say forty six percent are perhaps true. planning to actually uh, put some money into their kids' pockets to be able to help them afford. I, what 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 are we seeing in terms of rising interest rates and intention mm-hmm. to sell or buy? How's that uh, impacting people? It, it, it's having a significant impact, and something I heard uh, earlier this week on one of the business shows was a term they used called demand destruction. I think it's quite appropriate here because 
you know, certainly if you push the stress test rate up to the 70% uh, range, it just means that a whole group of people, you know, suddenly can't qualify. So they, they've really turned the top off on demand. That, that, that certainly had a major impact. And our own internal right-at-home data across our network shows that we're, you know, we're off about 7% year-to-date. And certainly the Canadian Real Estate Association shows national home sales dropping by you know, eight and a half percent month over month. So it's 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 no surprise. It's having an impact for sure. Okay, so if demand and sales are down, does that mean the corresponding price is going down? Well, that's a you know a very important discussion. The um, you know the price it, prices are not elevating uh, or appreciating as much as they were previously. They are still up, but I think we're going to outside of the GTA proper you know, begin to see days on market increasing. And, and that's where we'll begin to see any sort of price adjustment, um, you know, starting and certainly having a bigger impact because the biggest impact has been outside the GTA when it comes to price appreciation. You, you think a lot of potential buyers are now sitting on the sideline because they see the storm clouds and they're thinking, yeah, this thing is this thing is probably headed in one direction and that's downward pressure on prices. So why buy now? I think I think that's certainly part of it. I also will say that you know from from our own anecdotal you know feedback from across almost six thousand agents, they we we've gotten a sense from beginning of the year people are are really exhausted. They're looking forward to finally being able to go to the cottage and you know maybe travel a bit. So we already saw you know a, a almost non-existent spring market so i think it you know that certainly all of that is contributing for sure let's talk about supply i know that mm-hmm. you know whenever we start talking about housing whether the demand softens or not if if there's not the homes out there to actually buy then there won't be downward pressure on prices exactly um you know we've seen i would say you know, a minor increase in, in listings, but quite frankly, um, not enough to suggest that, you know, suddenly there's there's a healthy increase. I mean, if you look at that recent CMHC report that says the bulk of the, you know, 5.8 million new homes that are needed uh, in Ontario and B.C., you know, are we're so far behind, I'm not sure what's going to make a dent. And then you See the other report that that came up earlier in the Globe and Mail this week about the you know potentially 5,000 condo units you know being scrapped as a result of increasing um, construction costs and of course rate increases. Take all of that out of the potential supply, and you know we're back to square one. Hmm. John, I appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Thanks so much, Alan. Take care. John Lusinki is president of Right at Home. Realty. You've got, um, you got kids, you got adult children who might be saying, yeah, um, hey, I'd like to buy a house. Could you get yourself a second mortgage? Maybe help me out here. <laughs> My goodness. I, and you, you talk about it used to be not so long ago that it took generational wealth or some kind of, you know, some kind of miracle to be able to have a cottage. Those are being handed down from family to family, from generation to generation. And now it's any kind of home. You've got to be able to hand down generational wealth for your kids to be able to afford to live in the same city that you live in. That is not good news. All right, when we come back, we're going to talk about your commute. Did you know 
that if your commute is longer than a certain amount of time, it has a negative impact on your mental health. I'm going to tell you what that metric is when we come back.